Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Last Action Critics with your hosts, Will and Ian. We have two guests on the show today, James and Tony. We're going to be doing Buzz Lightyear, or just Lightyear. Tony is a storyboard artist who likes to take long walks on the beach, and James works in radio and is a podcast guru. We are super excited to have him on the show. Uh, We'll be doing all the usuals, how you've been, what you've been watching, but we're going to do questions first today because we don't have a pitch fix on the show. I know, getting a little nuts. Then we'll hit Action April, and we'll get out of here. We're just tornadoing things here. This is interesting. Whole new, whole new way of doing things. Yeah. Making you uncomfortable, isn't it? Doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. Not at all. James, Tony, we're excited to have you on the show. Thank you for coming. We appreciate Thanks you being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so here's how guesting works. We're going to ask you our five standard questions, and then we will, uh, after that, we'll follow up with some kind of about you questions, those kinds of things. Does that sound good? Okay, let's do this thing. First question up is, what is your first action movie? Tony, let's start with you. Um, I grew up mostly on family movies, but I think if I had to guess, it was probably like Tim Burton's Batman, um, 89. Um, probably the fun. first like adult action that's a movie. Fun, that's a fun first action movie. Yeah, the movie's awesome. Also, you probably can't hear this either, but there's a dog chewing on his nail, so sorry about that weird <laughs> okay. sound. The pantheon okay. of weird sounds that we have on this show, your dog chewing on the nails is the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah, the first action movie I've ever seen was Jurassic Park. So I'm super bummed I didn't get to talk about Jurassic World Dominion because it was the first... I saw it when I was five. Went to McDonald's. Five years old? Yeah. Did you ever sleep again? <laughs> I was pretty freaked. I thought it was a horror movie. Well, I wanted to watch it. And um, we went to McDonald's, me and my family, and we got a Happy Meal. And they're advertising Jurassic Park. And we're like, we want to watch this. We want to watch this. And I'm like, okay, fine. We'll watch it tomorrow. And they took us to the theater. And uh, yeah, I almost uh, shit my pants watching that film. Yeah, I, I watched uh, Tremors when I was like 10. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. I have. But it's it's one of those movies that you literally, like it's worms under the ground and they come up and they essentially eat people. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. It's a pretty fantastic movie. But they couldn't go through Bedrock. My house is in New Hampshire and it's on Bedrock. And so like for like months afterwards, I was just like hopping from Bedrock to Bedrock, trying not to be anywhere near these little worm masters, these tremors. It was crazy. All right, uh, Favorite action movie? Um, my favorite action movie. Um, uh, I would say these are both recent, so I don't know. But like, I really like Skyfall and uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. I would say oh. are two excellent uh, action films. The first Macquarie movie, for some reason, I think it's just like a perfect action movie. That's a good choice. Yeah, um, I struggle with this. I'm going to say I knew that this question was coming up, and I really thought, and I just still am kind of unsure. I'm like not an action person. That's but okay. I, it can yeah. just be the action movie that you love right now today. That's yeah. true. That's a good point, Will. It's whatever yeah. you want it to be. Okay, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with The Matrix. Okay. I think it was a film that it blew my mind because when I was growing up I thought action was just blockbuster uh Michael Bay. Yeah. And and I was trying and, and when I started to get into film is when I saw The Matrix and that's when I was trying to watch art house films and it just blended the two genres of like you can be artsy 
and philosophical, but you can also do this wide audience, action-packed, crazy film. So I'll say The Matrix. Cool. Great film. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go. Next question. If you could choose any action character to be your BFF slash get a beer with, have your back, and we're talking character, uh, not the actor itself. Oh, shit. Okay, James. That means you go first. Oh, no, but I have to think about it. Okay. All right. Any action star that would be... Like my um, my sidekick, yeah. or like a buddy, yeah. Somebody you hang out with, you fight together, or you just hang out. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, Whatever, man. Damn. Maybe they'd be your sidekick. You know. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'll do. Um. <laughs> I'll do Melissa McCarthy and Spy. Nice, because Excellent. she is like not so much pressure. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not having to. Um. She seems very down to earth. And I don't have to like prove myself if I'm having drinks and hanging out, and she'll make me laugh. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, that's not okay. I like that. I love I like that. that. <laughs> I mean, um, that's a hard question, but uh, I think uh, you know I'd have to just be boring and choose like James Bond, and then we could hang out in uh, the French Riviera or all these exotic places and just um, drink. And um, you know, he's he doesn't seem like a chill guy, but like you know, I'm, I, he'd probably be like he'd probably show you a good evening. Uh, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, he's gonna take you to all the best spots. You know you're uh-huh. going to be hanging with the dope people. <laughs> That's true. Wait, but which James Bond would you choose? Mm. Uh, Craig, you know. Yeah. Oh, basic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Craig's probably the most kind of rough and tumble, down-to-earth, chill guy. I wouldn't want to hang out with the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Pierce Brosnan, no way. Whoa, I'll hang out with Pierce Brosnan. That guy's cool. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> Sorry, we have a dog choking now, so you've just been the worst sound. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, next question. Purpose of humans. Oh man. The the purpose of humans. Is that the question? That's the purpose of humans. Yes. Yeah. Damn. You know, I don't know, man. I'm a pretty existential person when it comes to that, like higher meaning. Um maybe Tony do you want to go first, Tony? I gotta think. Well, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but probably just, you know, to uh, be happy and uh, find love and all that kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, there you go. That's, yeah. What, what else is there? Uh-huh. Not much. Yeah. Not much else. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm on a, like an empathy kick. Okay. And um, I wouldn't say that the purpose of humans is to be empathetic, but like thinking about this podcast and like watching films, I would say that like watching films makes me want to be empathetic because I'm watching these humans and these characters go through trials and tribulations that probably I relate to. And it makes me feel empathetic towards people that I maybe didn't think I would be before. So it's not necessarily like a hundred percent like answering the question, but I, it's like human related. There you go. If that counts. I think it totally counts. I, I mean, I feel like as an actor, anytime you're trying to take on a role, you are trying to understand a person right so if he's a villain you're trying to understand why that villain is empathetic why you can understand him why you can be and then show that to an audience so the audience understands hey like i didn't think of that perspective you know this guy is the hero in his story how do i relay that to somebody how do i make him loved oh man that's beautiful wait actually can i ask because now that makes me really curious what Especially when you're doing acting and you're kind of like trying to represent these human emotions and be honest with them, like what would you guys say if if if, if the rules were flipped about the human nature? Especially Will, if you're an actor, you have to like tap into that. I think the biggest, and and again, I'll I'll kind of go piggyback off of what I was saying. I think the biggest piece is yeah, no matter what, throughout the world, throughout life, 
as an actor, if we forget to understand people, if we forget to empathize with people and, and try and figure out where that person comes from, and art is such a, a beautiful way of doing this, such a beautiful way of representing other people in ways and perspectives that we might not see in our normal life, right? So I, I don't know. I think I think empathy is a huge piece of what's missing right now in the world uh, on, on any side I of any that. argument. So Flipping good. the question on you, Will. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous. You didn't get away with it, though. Yeah, Ian, where's, yeah. what's your answer? Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, no. I mean, Will gave a beautiful answer. <laughs> I know. And that's the what? show answer. That's no. The oh. show answer? Oh, my gosh. Out. Speaks for Cop the out. show. I don't want to walk into any dangerous paths. Okay, final question. And this is kind of predicated on whether you guys have listened to any episodes. I think we listened hmm. to maybe three or four episodes. That's enough. That's enough. That'll do it. Are there any segments that you want to... Oh, read? this is the critique part. Yeah, kind of critique, get after... Anything. Fact check us. Any of these kind of, hey, I love this, I didn't love that. Is there something you disagreed with, disliked, think we should do, sounded bad, sounded great, whatever. Or you just want to pitch your own segment. Interesting. We were a bit yeah. pitchy on our singing note. <laughs> <laughs> Fix the theme song, whatever. The, the, the theme song's great. I know, actually. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's actually pretty great. Thank you. I think you need you more much. celebrity guests. <laughs> We're working on that. We really are we working are. on that. <laughs> yeah. What do you got these two losers here? Us, you know, just on your podcast, wasting everyone's time. I think, I think you're the biggest we got. We've got. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Podcast You've won awards for podcasting. Oh, no. And for being just a great guy. Oh, gosh. Really wonderful <laughs> humans. You know, I feel like because I'm not like an action person, I would love to know... I don't know if this is a segment or not, but like, I'm always curious about the rules of action films and maybe if there's like a segment about like, what is a film? Like what makes a genre kind of thing or? Yeah. Like what, what is an action movie that really defined a trope that is now like, what's a thing that like, you know, like, um, like scary movie, for instance, Lays out all the rules to to how you do survive a scary movie. Like never run upstairs. Never say I'll be back. Those kinds of things. Yes, so exactly. For action. And I feel like there's like action films that define those rules. I yeah. just don't know what they are, though. Like where where was the first, like, I don't know, what's a good example? I was like Bullet, the, the first car chase yep. kind of thing. Like the first. Yeah. Like an action montage. Like Rambo. Rambo is Rocky. They did action montages first. Right. Mm, the action montage. Right. That's a good, that's a really good one. Or the um, right. your your rom coms, wow. your rom coms. You always have that breakup mm-hmm. montage where they, yes. oh, little Susie doesn't love him, but they got to they got to get time to pass quicker, so they just <laughs> yes. do a montage to right. kind of fill That's the gaps. So, yes, one hundred. Yeah, because I feel like even Star Wars didn't they do like a montage with Yoda and and Luke? You know, out like in a, the, yeah, a very a couple of quick scenes maybe. Yeah, which is what a montage is. Yeah. I the tiger wasn't playing when uh, <laughs> Luke was having Yoda on his back. Should have been. <laughs> Absolutely should have been. Okay, we're going yeah. to move into a, a second set of questions. Tony, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you do for work? Tell us about what you're doing. Oh, thanks. No, uh, no I'm a, uh, I draw storyboards uh, for uh, you know movies and film and uh, TV commercials and music videos. <laughs> so cool. Is there a, is there like a favorite that you've worked on that you're you're excited about? Uh, I mean, um, 
Sure. I, I've been doing a lot of music videos for um, this one particular director I've been working with for years um, named Dave Myers. But anyway, we uh, do a lot of uh, rap videos and uh, and pop stuff. So I think, you know, one of the fun things is every time I do like a Megan Thee Stallion, of which I've done three videos for her now, uh, it's always kind of like some sort of weird um, genre thing. So it's like it will be like horror or sci-fi and, uh, and anime stuff. So doing those videos gives me a chance to sort of um, just be very creative and uh, reference a lot of um, uh, fun, you know, movies and anime and stuff like that. So that's a good. And are you doing any animation within this or is this all just your, your storyboarding and, and that's, that's what you do? Uh, no, just, uh, just uh, storyboards, uh, no animation. So usually w- what I'm doing is sort of like drawing the, like uh, the proof of concept and then it gets shown to uh, the artist, which is terrifying. So <laughs> they see my stupid drawings of them. And um, I have uh, actually a drawing that you made uh, already in my house. <laughs> I forgot it's beautiful. About you. Yep. Wait, yep. you do? Yeah, it's <laughs> The Last Supper. <laughs> I have multiple, multiple Tony art pieces hanging in my house. I have four. Three are framed and one is on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one I'm yeah, looking at right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I, I used to do uh, comics for people on their birthday and shit. Yeah, so, yeah and they're amazing. I, uh, yeah, Love thank them. you. They're so good. And yeah. James, let's uh, let's talk about what you're doing. You're in radio now or you're just doing yeah. podcasts? Well, I, I used to be. So I started off in, in radio, in public radio, and did like the journalism route, but made like audio documentaries. So I guess I don't know if like the, the most popular one popular one people think of is like serial but, uh, or like This American Life or Radio Lab. So I was like making stuff, at least trying to strive for that. But eventually, just like all of those people who made those big hit shows, they got tired of the format and wanted to break it, and and then started to go into podcasting and create serialized stuff and very um, I don't know, just like things that weren't really dictated by like a, a clock from NPR. And so, um, yeah, so I, I was, uh, I kind of also went in that path and then eventually started making more podcasts. And yeah, I, I don't know, I guess if I summarize my career, I mean, I've worked at, like, I've worked at a lot of podcast shops. And if you're, if you're like the type of person who likes like the, like the investigative, like um, sound designed and scored stuff. So it's like, you know, worked at places like Gimlet or Radiotopia or American Public Media. My last job was at Spotify and then I decided to quit and do my own thing. I switched from doing journalism stuff to fiction stuff, writing my own stuff and oh, cool. creating that. Yeah. And then found some success in there and now I'm just doing it all independently and currently doing a lot of original stuff. I was doing some projects for hire, some I'm very excited about that haven't been announced yet and then original stuff i'll yeah i'll tell you guys that afterwards because i can't i actually (laughs) cannot talk about them i love it i love it and then the original stuff i i have some stuff coming out uh if everything goes well later this year and then next year and it's it's gonna be fun i'm very happy so at this point you are doing both writing and producing podcasts uh is that all you do with yeah i studied sound design and classical music in college and made documentary films so when i got into podcasting i had the ability of not only like writing and producing but also like getting dirty with like um audio editing software like pro tools and mixing and mastering using plugins and so now i feel pretty confident in like all aspects of just like production so I can write stuff produce stuff edit stuff do all that kind of thing but I feel like in public radio like one thing and it's like not a job that I feel like people go for now because podcasting is so big Mm. public radio was like the thing for audio nerds and so in public radio the whole training ground was you had to do a piece entirely yourself from pitching it reporting it writing it 
editing it, producing it, mixing it, mastering it until it got on the air. So you're kind of just trained to do everything yourself. Oh. So I feel like I benefited a lot from that system. Seems like a re yeah, really good training grounds. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, I guess we can move on to the next subject. See what's going on. What's what's going on with Ian? Maybe, maybe what? How you been? <laughs> I and keep it upbeat. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> tired. Um, <laughs> good start. Really good start. I, you know, I've been good. My mother's coming to town this week, Ooh. so we're getting prepared for that. Yesterday, had to go pick up a new bed for the kid with you. Yep. We rented a U-Haul truck to go pick up a bunk bed. Mm -hmm. uh, twin on top of full. So now there's a full. And a queen in a one-bedroom apartment in one bedroom. Yikes! So you know, Sleepover. it's it's you know, it's not terrible. Uh, it's getting tight though. Getting tight. Probably hard to get into that uh, closet you got back it's there. It's tough. Huh? You know, so today we had to go buy a mattress and all this other stuff, and so I was. It's been a long day, and anyway, so my week's been you know, great. Oh. Yeah, eventful. There you go. Mm, there it's you great go. being a dad. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Oh yeah, that. That also happened, I'm told. Yeah. That yeah. was your father's day. Getting to bed. Yeah. Quite a father's Aww. day. Yeah. I feel like Father's Day should be about not having to do anything as a father. Like I don't have to deal with my Which kids. was my day. <laughs> yeah. You got away from it all. It was yeah. awesome. Never yeah. <laughs> never even had to look him in the eyes. That's just day off exactly. for daddy. So it was it was lovely. Oh, but then I then I got to see the kid at, at night and we had a great time and you know, right. what a lovely day. We don't think you don't love your child. But you know whatever. Father's Day is such a, it was also Juneteenth, you know, I feel kind of dirty yeah. it being Father's Day. It's like, "Ugh, can certainly, we not today?" Certainly the lesser of the this two. This seems more important than Father's Day. <laughs> in, yeah. Absolutely. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I didn't so. get into a lot myself. I've been pretty good, oh. though. I went to Target, though. Target's one of those places where it's a Saturday, busy lines, people are stacking up out the doors, and I'm pretty good normally at picking the right line, but I had my head down, and I just got into a line, and I wasn't thinking about it, and I looked up, and I knew I was in the wrong line <laughs> when I realized there was a guy in a safety vest running my register. You know, you know, I have that in grocery stores a lot. I know that. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know when you're in the wrong line because the guy with the safety vest, this isn't his job. He's This isn't what he does. He's the guy pulling carts, but it's been busy, and the manager pulled him in, and he, he's just roughing it out, just kind of no no hellos, no haze, just I'm doing this thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Was it, someone, was it someone who was not – he's like, I, I'm not supposed to operate the cash register. What are you waiting here for? Exactly. This isn't go get him Tony who's excited for an opportunity to oh, be God. on the register and K&As and taking names. This is Tony who's like, I know the carts are piling up outside and I'm not about this life. Let me get out of here so I can get back to my job. Sorry, Tony. It's the only uh, – only name I could oh, come the, up with. You mean this Tony? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the one. <laughs> Tony, no, it's the same Tony. <laughs> same Tony. Uh, I only work with one Tony. <laughs> so it was, yeah, just kind of, I feel like people should have rules for getting in lines. Oh, no. uh, one of my rules would always be like, check number of people, which people are standing in that line. Oh, Do they look like they're ready for this thing or not? Do they have their checkbooks out yet? How many transactions are we doing? What? what you know, what are my parameters here? <laughs> you know, yeah. if they got a wrist brace gotten, on. Definitely gotten behind some folks. Oh, uh, yeah. Breaks. When you're like, oh, that's the short line. And it's not. It, it's, ain't, you know, <laughs> it ain't the short line. And certainly if they have a wrist brace on. Oh, no, we're not going to that line. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. They just got back from Coachella. Yeah. Just got off a drug bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fell drunk and I shattered my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. But yeah, that would that's essentially how my day went. There you go. Week went. Uh, <laughs> well, how have you not, guys been? What's yeah. your week? Uh, 
What you? How's your week been, gentlemen? Hmm. Or whatever week? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, your last blob of time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this week maybe the most exciting thing we did was watch Lightyear. Oh. <laughs> I think we're right. Yeah, that happened. I don't. Um, I don't think Tony's ready to. Uh, this is how exciting our our lives are. I don't think Tony's yeah. ready to admit that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what no, did we yeah, do? just well, you know, I was just working today, and uh, gosh, yeah, I guess so. We went to a dog park. Dog park. Oh, okay. Maybe this is the most exciting. We went to a dog park. Have you been to the um, Lake Hollywood Park? It's like above the. That's Hollywood the one that's Reservoir. up in the up in the. Um, yeah, I've heard of it. I've not been, but yeah, yeah. So for people Perfect listening, choice. we all of us live in the same vicinity, so like it's pretty close. Like it was like a ten minute drive from where we're at. It's just this big open field, and we're obviously watching the dog right now, who's licking his butt. So you might hear that sound effect. <laughs> mm, I'm always very yum. cautious of like any external sounds <laughs> happening. They can't hear. They can't hear. Well, maybe they might. I don't know. And. um <laughs> But uh, he is licking his butt-ish. But um, so we took Rooney to the Lake Hollywood Park, and uh, it was like right on sunset, like you know, sunset time. And it's this green park, and you could take well, unofficially, you can take your dogs off the leash. There's a lot of dogs there, and people go there because it's this like hidden gem where you can see the Hollywood sign, and, and no one's actually there. It's like it's just right there it's crazy it looks like you can touch it and then when we took Rooney off leash like he started getting really friendly with one of the other dogs and uh there's another dog that just came up and was like snorting and being all nasty and piggish (laughs) then Rooney walked away kind of disgusted but then this other dog that Rooney was playing with was like kind of trapped with this like piggish dog and then that dog didn't want anything with it but they started growling at each other and just started fighting every dog is off leash and then the, oh, they started running after each other, and the, one of the owners like dove and like apparently like broke his wrist because he like he was just like freaking out. It was very dramatic, and this park that's like massive, everyone just stopped and was just watching this whole fight happen. That's amazing. It was very terrifying. Yeah, probably the same guy who's at the but Target. You know, broke his wrist. I had to work at Target the next day. <laughs> yeah, with that wrist. Same guy. <laughs> Oh, God. You it's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe what happened at the dog park. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to something like uh, what you've been watching. Yeah, that's up next. Uh, yeah. So uh, what you've been watching, just tell us some what, what we've been watching, what you think is cool, what, yeah. you, what you've been looking at, that kind of stuff. Uh, something mm. that, that, that the world should know about. Exactly. Or not. Oh. Or not. Who goes first? He's pointing at me. Tony. I've been watching. Um, uh, I just finished uh, Better Call Saul seasons one through five. Oh wow! Not yet, I've not uh, started six because it's not on streaming anywhere. <laughs> so I'll just wait for that. Yeah. yeah, Tony did a binge on that. I have to admit, I don't listen or watch a lot of things. I wish I did. I just play Mario Kart, and um, there you go. But I will say, like, I've been having trouble sleeping a lot. And so I have my go-tos when I have trouble sleeping. And one of them that's one of my go-tos is Enough Said with um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And it was one of James Gandolfini's last roles. Oh, I've not seen that. It's like a rom-com. Oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't. I've heard it's really good, though. It's so good. It's like an adult rom-com. And Tony Collette's in it as well. She's amazing. Um, and Catherine Keener's in it. Mm. It's like a great cast. Yeah. So well acted. And it's like just very mature and adult and smart also comforting because it's just every character is just so 
like there's not a villain in the film. Oh, it's like nice. everyone's like has good intentions, but they also know how to communicate their feelings and their thoughts like so well. I like that. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a trick I'm learning in therapy. So I'm just like relating to it a lot. I love it. <laughs> learning to understand feelings is a, is, and emote them is actually something that I, I find is really difficult uh, and, and doesn't, a lot of things don't do it very well. They, they, yeah. they take their time. Yeah. It's necessary, but it's hard to do as a writer. Yeah. I feel like it's like a marking of like a really great screenwriter too because it's always used as a device where characters don't say what they're thinking or feeling and therefore they can create like false tension through that. Or or maybe, I mean, I shouldn't say false tension, but it's an easy way to create tension of like, I didn't say something, you know, like especially in a horror film, like don't turn left, but like that character just doesn't say it and like, oh, this other character is going to turn left and they're going to get killed. Like in this film, you know, like they... You know, they, they actually say, like, hey, I have a problem with you, and this is this is why. Like, they diffuse the situation before, like, and, and not build this artificial, like, tension point. I, I bring this up because I feel like the movie that we watched doesn't do that too long. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, they, they hit it on the head a little hard in that movie. There's not a lot of subtlety going on there. But it's interesting because I feel like as a writer or a person who's done some writing, I often have struggled with that kind of, like, am I over-talking this? Am I saying too much? Am I, am I banging on the point too hard? Mm. Or or do I leave it and kind of let it lie so I have something to say in the next scene? You know, that kind of like balance is, is a really hard one. But I think it's a really, really good point you make when someone can do it really well and can kind of bring mm. up these points and, and, and execute. Yes. It's always super impressive to me. So kudos to that person. All right, Ian, what have you yeah. been watching, buddy? I watched the first two episodes of Pistol on Hulu about the Sex Pistols. By, uh, what's his name? Uh, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, thank you. Eh, it's fine. Really? I'm not a huge Sex Pistols fan. Uh, Do you like Danny Boyle? I do like Danny Boyle. I just, I don't know, the the story itself has not grabbed me yet. I might watch another episode or two just to, why not? Because I read a lot about it and I liked what some people had to say about it. But, I don't know, it's just not pulling me in, as as they say. I guess so. I mean, the Sex Pistols were such a kind of controversial punk band to start with because they're sort of kind of make some money selling punk they were put together by a guy who was like let's make a band so we there's can, a little bit of that yeah so we can mm-hmm. sell this this image of punk band and that's that's selling hot and we can make some money off of it you know what i'm saying right but yeah i mean a lot of true punk i don't know if it's quite mm-hmm. to make money but no but they but like they were definitely a brand you know. i mean johnny rotten and sid vicious were were a marketing scheme on some level and i think a lot of true punkers were turned off by that uh at the time i think maybe now they don't know hey as man much. you don't even need to watch the show <laughs> <laughs> all right well what else have you been watching huh i started watching batman beyond i'd never watched that show before oh uh batman beyond batman beyond it's like the sequel series i guess to like batman the animated series oh I mean, it's got you future batman got new batman you. yeah yeah yeah. i know the batman anyway i'm like series. five or six episodes in and it's fantastic oh sweet it's really good yeah yeah i've, I've watched that before yeah i <laughs> i would imagine <laughs> they bring back um kevin conroy right yeah as, batman. as, as yeah, the voice good. of batman which is i like to me he is batman kevin conroy like that voice is Batman. yeah 
Yeah. Did you know he's gay? I did know that. I recently learned that. He like came out recently. That was pretty cool. I was like, oh, cool. That is cool. Yeah, but he's just oh, his. I mean, his voice is just like I grew up with Batman the animated series. Like, love that show. Like, his voice to me is the most Batmany Batman ever to Batman. Yeah, I think I'd probably like it. I mean, I watched the animated series in in college, so I think you'll like it. It's on HBO, I think. Perfect. Awesome. HBO Go. Anything else? No, I I started Strange New Worlds first episode. I liked it. I'm excited. Gonna keep watching. That's it. Wait, what's that? The new Star Trek show. Yes. Uh, the new West. Uh, it's cool. It, yeah. it, it, a little bit more in, in vain of the older Star Treks. It's got a lot of more episodic feel, kind of more of that classic look as well, I think. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really good. Well, let's go on. Uh, what I've been watching, right? Yeah, what have you been watching? Yeah. The new Obi-Wan with Hu and McGregor. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, still what do you think? <laughs> oh, it's kind of a slog. I mean, come on. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Couple quick points is one. There's only one good character here. I don't understand. Like the the the, the third sister. The third sister, exactly. Yeah. She's the only redeeming character. But that's not even my biggest issue in this episode. Okay, so you're Disney. You have the technology to make Kurt Russell look like in Guardians of the Galaxy look like a 25 year old, but you're struggling to make Hayden Christensen look like he's anything less than a. 40-year-old soccer dad? I had no idea he was in the show, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's a flashback. It's a flashback. He looks literally like a Uh, 40-year-old Padawan. I just don't understand where the you know where this money is going. You have you have all this money and you're gonna you're gonna make him look dumpy. Another great example is uh, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel. (laughs) Thank you, Captain Marvel. It doesn't make any sense. He can easily easily be you know young Sam. And then uh, we're wait, good. Does does Vader take off his helmet and then reveal? You do see him in... with his helmet off from behind at one point, but not. Although apparently Hayden is in the suit sometimes. Yes, but it's yeah. scarred up back back in the uh... head. Yeah, he's been scarred up, and you you, you know this, that, that's all makeup. But this is like him as a young flashback to Hayden Christensen being a Padawan, and he just looks old AF. Which doesn't make any sense. Um... Also, Darth Vader super inconsistent now. I mean. Now he's looking like a badass. So this takes place between episode three and four. This takes oh, yeah, episode yeah, three yeah, and yeah. Correct. After episode three, before four, exactly. Oh, four. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's ten years after the episode three, essentially. Ah, okay. So, and Vader is again looking like a badass, but like it, it's so inconsistent because now he can pull a ship out of the sky and like rip the rip the hull off of it, but like two episodes ago he couldn't jump over a fire. I don't think he necessarily wanted to get over the fire. I don't think he wanted to get over the fire and and planned. rub Obi Wan Kenobi's little face in it a little bit more. Yeah, you don't think that anyway. Let's do, let's talk Miss Marvel. I've been watching that. I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable watching this show. <laughs> well, I just feel like I'm a little too old to be watching this show and feel comfortable watching this show. Like I'm an older man now. I feel a little like oh, this is for teens. This is for twelve year olds, and I'm just a weird dude who's watching twelve year old girl show. Do you feel like have you seen the new Stranger Things? Yes. Do you feel the same way watching that Stranger Things? It's a little different because there's a nostalgia piece to it from the 80s. Although that's okay. made specifically for like nostalgia though. They're like remember when you were this age? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Hey millennial. Totally. It's got that Goonies feel to it. It's got a lot of that that just kind of like helps you kind of get through it. But this you just feel like, oh, these are jo- these are jokes for teenagers and we're on what wait, what generation are we on? Well, the there's Gen- that Gen, oh, Gen Z. Z. Yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. Exactly. And Mm-hmm. I'm not Gen Z. I don't, I don't get a lot of what's going on in this world, and, and it makes me uncomfortable. 
that being said, I'll keep watching because, hell, I like to lean into the discomfort. <laughs> Crystal and I watched Godfather. That was really cool. Um, she thought it was great. Uh, she, well, she kind of described it as slow and long, mm. but she really liked the accents <laughs> and the and, and the horse freaked her out the when the, yes. with the horse and the head and the bed and all of that freaked her out a couple little things on this passage of time was a little weird in this movie i i don't, I don't uh, remember it but like he's in italy he goes to italy after he kills the guy and he's got a bruise on his face and like by the time he's getting married in italy the bruise is still on his face so you're like how fast did that happen then he comes back Meets up with Diane Keaton, and next thing you know, he's like, yeah, it's been a year, we, we are, we're back together, we should get back together. She's all like, okay, I'm not sure why she says okay, but she's like, okay. And then two scenes later, she's got a kid who's like two years old. I'm like, what? Yeah. What just happened? But I digress. Ian, let's oh, move on. Yeah. I guess we'll dive into Buzz Lightyear. I mean, that's why we're here. That is to it. talk about it. to talk. Well, it's not Buzz Lightyear. It's Lightyear to be Lightyear. Just yeah, Lightyear. It's just Lightyear. No Buzz. That's the sequel. Buzz Lightyear. I don't know. <laughs> but where there's Z's, it's two twos. But never mind. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> are, you, are, are you trying to do language math? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All Let's right. get this started. <laughs> tell tell him all the information. Okay. So super simple. We're gonna essentially he's gonna do a letter box. Then we are going to have me do a 30-second rundown mm. of the movie, at which point we'll do our categories, action, acting, directing, story, and gut. Get. That's right, gut. Mm. We do all those one through five, one being the voiced, five being, oh my God, it's an Emmy nomination or a big Oscar or whatever they call those things these days. And there are guts, great. It's the great equalizer. There's, There's no wrong answer. Okay, you ready to get this thing fired up? I am. Here we go. Lightyear. Infinity awaits. Legendary space ranger Buzz Lightyear embarks on an intergalactic adventure alongside a group of ambitious recruits and his robot companion, Socks. Directed by Angus McLean, starring Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Dale Souls, Taika Waititi, Peter Sohn, Uzo Abuda, and oh, James Broland, and many other talented people. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as well. Shit. That's what Light... <laughs> what Lightyear's not really about. Okay. You ready to do this? <laughs> 30 on the board? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just zoned out for a second there. All right. Here we go. You ready? You're 30 on the board. And begin. Okay. Uh, it's about a man, uh, Buzz Lightyear, and he is trying to free Fix the mistake, uh, but he forgets to live his life. Uh, he's so focused on fixing mistake. It's like the idea of an expectation that is driving you so hard that you forget to live the life you're supposed to live. Don't let past mistakes define you. That's what happens to Buzz. Teamwork makes a dream work. You need that for sure. And then it's just uh, Space Ranger, Space Ranger, Space Rangers. Go team. Time. Nice. <laughs> so anyway. Lightyear. Lightyear. Here we go. Action. I'm doing action at a three. I thought the action was creative. I thought they used it well in terms of building suspense. There was enough of it balanced with the moments that were a little bit more kind of tender. Uh, I thought they were clever with some of the use of tools, like the like the button that sends you back up into space was really cool. I thought they did a really good job with that. All the space travel stuff was cool. At the end, when he's trying to drop the, the thing on the bomb, like he's got to pull the thing and 
it blows out and, and you know you didn't see it coming it was a nice callback but then yeah all the space travel like inside the plane and i mean to be able to make us feel like like we're in it and when he's trying to get to hyper top gun moment there yeah trying to so, get like a total Top Gun moment right there. It just like really, really nicely done. And then the cat. The cat's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like the the hero of the show. Yeah. After 60, 62 years. Yeah. He's the only one yeah. who's ever made the crystal thing and figures all of that stuff out and, and gets all that ready. I mean, Sox is the jam. Like a real true mm. hero. Yeah. You know, I'm going to kick it off to Tony. I feel like Tony has strong opinions about this. Please. No, not really. Um <laughs> I, li- I liked the movie in general. Um, I thought the action was good. I would give the action a three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I thought it was going to be higher. I mean, I wouldn't say this was like a, a balls-of-the-wall action flick, um, but yeah. um, it, it's, it's not quite on par with like The Incredibles, but, you know, heck, there was... Like you said, that thing that zaps people into space, I thought they made a really good use of that. So yeah. like, there's a lot of little visual gags and when the people boom they disappear and appear in the that was fun um yeah all the robots landing yeah the robots yeah, yeah that was great a great visual gag also the gold standard of all action is the incredibles so mm. yes yeah yeah you, you know, if you're even close to that you're yes. doing pretty good Agree. But, you know, I thought a lot of the action in, in uh, Lightyear was very cinematic, which I give it props to. I just thought, like, the maybe it, we should hold this for uh, the directing category. But, uh, yeah, I was impressed by how cinematic it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would give the action a 3-2. I think when they were going in, what is it, hyperspeed or mm. hyperspace? Was it? I don't remember what yeah, it was super- called. But yeah. one or the other, that was that scene. Like I can tell that they were inspired by two thousand one Space Odyssey. Like it was incredible. Like when Buzz finally reaches the one hundred percent. Like that to me was like amazing. You know, just certain sequences, kind of like what Tony was saying. Like how it was shot. Like the opening sequence, and when the door was closing, and they had the ticking time bomb of you know Buzz and the rookie mm-hmm. need to get to the door. You know, so that they can fly fly out of the the planet, and then even during that moment where. Buzz has the uh, the spherical spaceship that holds, you know, all the humans there to, you know, whatever they're doing. They're trying to, like, uh, find a new planet to live on. And there's a huge cliff that they need to clear. And mm-hmm. Buzz is like, I got it, even though the rookie is like, I got it. You know, it, it reminded me of Top Gun, you know, because all it is is just Buzz trying to – all back, this. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to pull back the lever. And I'm like, God, that, but it was just impressive to see in animated form because it's like they had to create everything. Yeah. And, like carry the, the same weight as, as Top Gun. Yeah. yeah. And so that was super impressive. Like, cause that was what I just kept thinking of Top Gun with all the, the flying maneuvers. And I was like, surprisingly, like it, they're capturing a lot of what Top Gun did. Yeah. And so it was a really thrilling to kind of see that aspect of being executed on like an animated level. Yeah. I also a three for me for same reasons that everybody has said. Like I felt like it was pretty consistent action, which I appreciated. It was fun action. There were definitely some stakes, uh, certainly for him uh, earlier on, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'll, a three. So let's move on to uh, acting or voice acting. Do you want to start? Mm, Kick it off. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a three. I felt like everybody did their job. Like I. Th- I, you know, you and I sort of discussed this leaving the movie, and, and I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this is anybody's fault, 
or, or it's, it's not a bad thing, but the Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi is starting to wear a little thin with me. I, lo- I still mm-hmm. like it, but in a movie like this, some of those jokes don't match what's going on. It's like, you know, with the harpoon. It's like, why are you pointing out that you got the harpoon? Just shoot the harpoon. It, it feels too silly. And his character was such a, his character kind of annoyed me. But Socks was fantastic. I mean, that uh, Peter Peter Stone, I think is his name, was just great. And, you know, Chris Evans did a, a solid not Tim Allen Almost, you know, like it's like, oh, if Tim Allen were the guy who recorded the voice for the toy that Andy has and had to base it off of Chris Evans, I get it. I see how, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> anyway, I liked I liked all the actors. I thought they did a lovely job. Tony? So, What do you think, Tony? I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I thought Chris Evans was fine. He did kind of just do a Tim Allen uh, voice. A little bit, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important to make I guess the distinction between, you know, uh, the actual quote unquote Buzz Lightyear and the toy, but, uh, yeah, Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi is a little annoying in this, but, uh, you know, Uzo Adube, great actress, yeah. um, did a great voice. Um, I liked her a lot and, uh, yeah, you know, all in all, uh, uh, number numerically, I would say three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, James. Yeah, I would say Uzo bumps it to a three point five, nice. and then Taika bumps it down to a three. Oh, <laughs> I thought Uzo killed. She, she was, was great. That character was fantastic. Incredible. Oh, in Bill that. Hader was in it. I'm just yeah, he was the like, rookie. Yeah. Not sure I recognized him. I didn't yeah. until the crowd. I was like, oh crap, Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah, and and and. Yeah, and there's just something like she has such emotional weight, even to to bring to just a an animated role. Like she really can make you feel something without feeling like over exaggerated. Mm. Where I feel like with Taika's character was, um, unfortunately, I think it's just the way that he was written because I just feel like he he constantly does have to play the comedic, soft spoken New Zealander, and like. I think that that because it's been done before and specifically by him and in in another Disney property with Thor, it's almost like you've just like yeah. known this character and felt it. And you're like, okay, I, I understand what's going to come and I understand the jokes that you're about to say. So it's weird because I don't think it was necessarily his performance, but maybe just like the material he had to work with. But I would say three is probably accurate. And Chris yeah. Evans is great. Kiki Palmer was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, um, let's do. Will star three for acting 3.5 3.5 for acting I would say uh, everyone was great deliveries were awesome the the lines I felt like I had a similar problem with that you guys had with uh, Taika Waititi being a little bit uh, his lines just didn't fit with the mood of mm. the movie that was going on at the time. So I just felt like he was off base there. And maybe that's some directing, but for him, that was the acting. But I always love voice actors because they make, got to make all the noises too. You know what I mean? Right. Like mm. they got to go, yeah. mm, oh, ah, oh, get up over stuff. And so that's always impressive to me. They also don't have anyone to act off of. So they're always, you know, it's just them in a studio and, and they got to kind of imagine mm-hmm. the whole thing. And uh, often they don't have someone that's reading with them necessarily. So I'm always impressed by voice acting. I think it's a mm-hmm. really cool, really difficult thing to do. So that, that piece of it, 
always impresses me, which kind of bumps it up. Again, I think Buzz did well. I felt like his best friend character, she just brought such a nice emotional weight. I think you guys hit that well. Uh, Her ability to kind of have a through line, make me feel something immediately about that relationship, uh, which is really hard to do in that kind Mm. of a span of time. So uh, kudos. All right. All right. Directing. Tony, was you were holding something for directing, I think. We'll start yeah, there. sure. I mean, um, I was uh, kind of surprised off the bat uh, by uh, how cinematic this movie was. I, I thought they did a re- like really good choices of um, like shot composition and uh, just the way the scenes were put together. I was really impressed by like, ah, oh, damn, like, like, am I crazy or is this actually like a really good movie and that kind of thing? They did like some really yeah. amazing things with um, lighting, like the color of lighting, like in the ships where it'd be like something is sort of more red or green. And I was always like really impressed by, it. but Pixar has constantly kind of stepped up um, in terms of what they can replicate uh, cinematically in in their movies, which is this one. I just looked amazing and. Um, yeah, I thought it was directed well. I mean, I I really liked this movie. <laughs> Great. No, you're yeah. not alone. Yeah. So numerically, where does that fall for you? Numerically. Um, heck, I would give it a four. Nice. I don't think it is quite on the level of like um, like Incredibles, I think, would be the gold standard of like a Pixar action movie. Yeah. But um, there was, I mean, like, uh, I thought they did a pretty good just sort of like space opera riff. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, I'll go next. Nice. You know, I'll do a... <laughs> we should be on that. I would, I, you know, I would put put the uh, the directing pretty high too, like a 3.5 for me. I thought that that it was very clear just from the vision alone that this director was... I, it just didn't look like any other Pixar film. It looked like a... Like, their their comps for it look like The Martian or Alien, Prometheus, like, very adult films. And in what they're bringing, it's almost like they're trying to elevate it to be, at its core, what Pixar normally does, which is, like, they just so happen to make films that can be watched by children, but they're not kids' films. And with this film, at least from the directing standpoint of, like, you just tell the, the attention to detail, both from, like, the action and the directing and the visual look, like everything felt like it was there was like quite a vision for it and like the director angus uh i'm trying to remember his name thank you Uh um was like just really had some sort of kind of idea of what he wanted to put out and i think on some levels it really just kind of excelled at that Mm. yeah agreed ian i went with a three um Although I could probably be talked up, but I, I really enjoy, I think some of the things, like some of the Taika Waititi stuff, it's like from a directorial point, I would have liked him to have, and again, maybe that story, maybe you're stuck with it because it's, you know, a big animation movie. I don't know how, how it necessarily works, but that, that stuff to me was a little frustrating. And then you had moments, and again, maybe this is story, maybe this isn't directing, because it did look fantastic. Yeah, I'll, you know what, I'll put it in story. So you know what, I'm going to go up to a 3.5 with directing. And, and that will reflect in my story. Mm, well, because I think a lot of the stuff might just be... Because the other stuff I was going to mention is the amount of things that are happening in this movie just to push the story forward. It's like, are you, you know, there's there's the bumblingness of some of... Especially, like, Taika's character. Where there are things, for me, personally, that I was like, I don't... Some of these mistakes feel like you're making them not because this is a normal thing, but because we needed to find this thing or get to this place or do that. So I'm willing to raise directing and, and uh, up to 3.5. 
Uh, yeah, I, I go 3.5. I, I will echo a lot of the things that Tony said in terms of color and picture and the way it looked. Uh, I thought it was really pretty. There's uh, there's a scene in it that, that really caught my eye, and that's when she's trying to jump from spaceship across space, and they have this kind of camera angle that just, I mean, it, it was anxiety-inducing for me. Yes. And I was oh. not even making the jump. So, you know, the way he shot that, the way he kind of tilted the lens and mm-hmm. showed you everything that you wanted to see in it. And then she jumps and the, and the, mm-hmm. the ship goes off course. And, and you're like, no, 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 please. Uh, all of that was, to me, really, really spectacular. So I, I thought he did such a nice yeah. job. There. That was a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, color, cleverness. You know, I thought he did a yeah. good job keeping all everything together as well. Yeah, it yeah. kind of, it really sort of um, didn't it really emphasize kind of like um, how much you can fail in space. Sort of like they kept <laughs> emphasizing over and over again, like how if you th- there's no correcting it once you're on a trajectory, mm-hmm. you're sort of stuck that way. And yeah. it, it was it was I thought it was very suspenseful. All right, uh, I guess next up we do story. Yeah. Right, get into some story yeah. action. Uh, story. I gave story also a, a 3.5. I thought it had enough humor and kind of cleverness, uh, but also had a couple nice twists. You know, I didn't see the twist at the end coming. That kind of threw me and there was enough cleverness in the way they did the action, like we mentioned before, uh, and some of that kind of fun they had. Now, some of it was a little stupid, uh, but you know, you're not going to win it all. So I guess... Yeah, I probably come down on story a bit with the Taika Waititi stuff. I felt like some of that was the writing. I felt like there was it was a little clunky in the in some of its kind of transitions and and setups to getting someplace. So I, I don't know, maybe like I don't know, maybe two, two and a half, maybe three. I get, you know, it's just like it was good. I, it gave me the feels. So there's that piece of it too that makes me want to makes me want to think. Three, maybe? Two? 2.75. Oh, and the sandwich, the meat, bread, meat. I love that they made me think about that. I love that. That was great. You know? (laughs) The juicy fingers. Yes. Yes. That was amazing. So, 2.75. Yeah. I I was a 2.5. I told you I went down. I went down. There were, for me, a lot of little questions that weren't answered, like about time travel or where did all the robots come from in the future or did no one else really give a shit about about this hyper speed thing over like a hundred years that the cat is able to solve the problem, but nobody else is. And yeah, you have to trust yeah. that to an AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think anyone was trying. I think they were kind of like, they put, didn't put their best men on it. It was like, Hey, buzz, you go do this. I mean, thing. I guess not besides just that though. So I felt like there were little things here and there. And then the, the dumb things happening to push the plot forward that that just felt like they were mistakes or bumbling things for the purpose of moving the plot forward. You know, like I got oh, I got so angry when she ejected the she's a the, rook the fuel crystal. Oh, I was so angry. I was like, you didn't you didn't listen. But obviously that was a mistake that was. Oh, I wanted to yell at her in the middle of the theater. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did really enjoy the. I didn't walk into this movie expecting the greatest plot of all time, and it was a lot of fun. I thought the whole time tra- the time thing was. Not something I didn't expect, and I had a lot of fun. Maybe 2.5. Maybe I should go back up to 3. Yeah. No, I'm going to hold a 2.5. I'm going to hold a 2.5. I'm going to stay wow. there. But I I did like the movie. I didn't think, that, you know, you don't have to have a great story to have a great movie. Okay, sorry. Gentlemen, uh, your thoughts? 
Tony, you should go, go first. Okay. Um, I would give the story a four. I was surprised by the story. I like. I didn't know what to expect from this movie. I thought when it first started, and it was like, uh, you know, he, oh, he crash lands the ship on a, another planet. Like, obviously, that's what is going to happen in a Buzz Lightyear movie. But what I didn't expect was that they would then say, like, oh, we're stuck here. We're going to colonize this planet, use its resources. I thought... Oh, this is very cool. It reminds me of The Martian. I like that everyone's just going to live there. And then when he starts taking off and coming back and it does like a time travel thing, I was on board because I love time travel. And uh, just like this this story of like um, he's not aging, but to everyone else it's been four years. I thought that was great. And then, gosh, you know, I was – to be honest, I, I should say that I watched this with uh, weed goggles on. <laughs> But like, yeah. perfectly acceptable. when like when the by the time they introduced the villain from Toy Story, I was like, oh fuck, it's the villain from Toy Story, you know? <laughs> that was exciting. Um, I was excited for some reason I wasn't expecting. That. Right, I wasn't either. But, but then he showed up, and then the the twist, you know, is this spoilers? No, it's not? fine. No. We spoil. <laughs> they know that like, when they listen. Yeah. I thought he was a great villain. Yeah. I like. I like. Okay, I can see this villain's um, perspective. And, uh, he, you know, he could argue with me and I would side with him, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I thought it was a really interesting villain and, um, maybe all the connections aren't uh, perfect, but it is a, a animated movie. But right. I think because the story, I guess, kept surprising me at every sort of new turn. Um, I was on board. I have to say, I'll give it a four. All right. Nice. Cool. Um, I could go on and on and on. I'll try to be succinct. I don't think I can. But I give the story about a 1.5. I thought it was... I remember watching this film, and it did not feel like an origin story, one. This is the movie that Andy from Toy Story fell in love with so much so that he takes Woody, his favorite toy and replaces him with Buzz Lightyear. And this is the film that he watches. Never once did it ever feel like they established Buzz Lightyear. It always felt like Buzz Lightyear was a character who already existed and that you knew from the Toy Story franchise. There wasn't any sort of, like, that he had to prove himself or prove his worth and also to then become memorable. He was already a memorable character, and I feel like the story just relied on that. And to your point... Ian, like immediately in that first sequence where it's um, Alicia, the Uzo Duba character, and then and Buzz Lightyear, they're on this mission to kind of survey this planet, which to Tony's point is a really interesting concept, right? It's kind of like the Martian. Mm-hmm. Like we want to see if they have viable resources or even Prometheus, mm-hmm. exactly like Prometheus. Yeah, They have viable resources so we can start a new colony here. And then they bring the the rookie and then they're like, oh, but and, and Buzz Lightyear's like, why this rookie? It's like, oh, because, you know, look at him. And he does this stupid little like yeah. puppy eyes. And I was like, this <laughs> really like this is what we're jumping into. Like this is the first sequence. And it just felt like so ridiculous reduced to like oh my god this is gonna be very corny and like throughout the entire film it just felt kind of rushed like i didn't even get a sense of buzz lightyear and his want of like why is it that you're so obsessed with this idea of like going back to space i know tony wants to rescuing them why do why does he want to rescue the the people tony tony is now gonna chime in because i have such a controversial opinion but i (laughs) The thing about it is, like, with me, it's just like, yeah, sure. But at the same time, Uzo Duba's character 
didn't have that. I, uh, you know, uh, Alicia's character and, and it's, and it just, I didn't really get a sense of buzz and the stakes of like, what exactly is it that you're trying to establish or trying to do? And, and then throughout like this whole entire journey, like you, you're meeting new people, like the Taika Waititi's character and um, the Darby character. And everyone's just kind of this fuck up and like the plot just moves on just because everyone's fucking up. And it's just like, oh God. And I understand that the, the theme is about mistakes, not getting caught up in your mistakes and then learning from them. But like there comes a point where my patience starts wearing thin where like every single plot point, every single action just stems from someone fucking up ridiculously. And then it's like, oh, because I, you know, was taking a photo and, and playing around with this invisibility suit all of a sudden, because Buzz Lightyear, the dude who is so anal retentive, who thinks of every single aspect of something, who can write a math problem on a, on a fucking window and solve it in 10 seconds to go and jump into hyperspeed, forgets to tell this rookie crew that there's a timer on their invisibility suit that seems so especially when they're like we are we have to devise a plan literally it's two steps you press a button and then you tell them how long that button lasts i do and think they, there was a payoff to that moment though where maybe but it's like even buzz lightyear's fucking up and like it just felt so against character and i'm like what the fuck is this like but that's his journey isn't it to sure to let people to figure out how to be not the hero all the time and let people help him. And, you know, he's, he's, if, if he can do it all himself, then he, he's the hero and he has to learn that he can, he can take help and he should take help from this, this crew and get the, the help that he needs. You know, that's his whole journey. His whole journey sure. is to figure out that he needs these people to help sure. him so that he doesn't have to keep control of everything they can yeah, do yeah he's a, he's a fallible character right yeah. and he needs their help badly to sure win. but but and that feels more believable because in other instances the characters are actually able to solve the problem buzz lightyear just doesn't take their advice or doesn't take their help in that scenario none of the characters actually knew how these suits operated buzz is actually training them true he's the one who's training these cadets and it's only just two rules the, and I just didn't find it plausible that he would forget one of the two rules. Press a button and then tell them how long that button lasts. That's, That's like a lot. Like, that isn't necessarily that he needed somebody's help because the whole action of that whole thing was, I don't need your help, so go away. So in order for me not to get your help, these are the two things I need to, to tell you. But literally, he just told them one. And I'm like, what? Dude, like, how am I supposed to believe this? And, like, the, the, the entire time of, of this film, it felt so paint by the numbers. I don't know. Maybe for me, it was just like, I just saw everything happening a mile away. Then I'm like, it, like, you know, I just didn't find anything surprising. I was like, you're, set, you're obviously setting up, there's a pencil that Taika Waititi's character is obsessed with. Yeah. And eventually that pencil is going to pay, pay off. And it comes in the shape of, oh, boy, we need to, um, to press the emergency brakes. How are we going to do it? Because this vent is stuck. I know I have a fucking pencil that you'll just r rip the floor with and then I can press this break. I'm like, that was your payoff with this? And the same thing with Zerg. It's like, for me, it's like, I uh, like I knew, like, especially when Zerg came around and they had the, the robots had the Z, the Z thing. I was like, okay, obvious in Toy Story 2, they've already established that Zerg is Buzz Lightyear's father. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we're going to get Zerg, and whatever's going to happen is, like, someone's going to be in there, and it's going to be his father. It was a very cool twist that in the end, 
that, you know, they show that person and it's an older man and it's like, okay, yes, we get it. This is Zerg and it's the, the father of Buzz Lightyear. And it's like, no, I'm you. I am Buzz Lightyear. That was so cool because I'm like, oh, this whole film has been playing with time travel and all these other things. But then the way that they explained it, it's like, wait, how are there two Buzz Lightyears? It's like, you know, when I went to hyperspeed, somehow there's two of us now. What? I can explain that. Oh, yeah, yeah, please do because I, I don't get that. So essentially what happened is – so Buzz goes out for that kind of final tour around. He makes it through mm-hmm. hyperspace. He realizes the crystal works at that point, right? And he flies down. Now, the first time he flies down, we don't we don't see this. Uh-huh. But the first time he flies down, he essentially flies down and the, the guy who's kind of running the base who wants the, sure. the phaser shield, the laser shield up, he meets him out there and tries to court-martial him because he's, you know, he ran off with a ship illegally, right? So no robots at this point. That's the first buzz that comes back, right? So he comes back. He Oh, so he, that's why he maybe attacked as he knew he was coming back soon. Yes. Wait, wait, so wait. wouldn't get court-martialed. So he he essentially takes off again. That that Buzz Lightyear takes off because he doesn't want to get court martialed. He flies out uh-huh. into space, sure, way into the future, uh, into you know finds those robots and all that. Right uh-huh. at which point he realizes he can come back in time with that crystal, but he doesn't have enough power uh-huh. to get all the way back in time to where he can save everybody. But he can get uh-huh. back far enough back that he can get back to like meet himself in that moment where he lands again, right? So okay. he ends up arriving a week early or or week or so early with all his robots and he essentially puts the and then he can uh-huh. jump back. The thing under attack and then he can wait for himself to arrive like again a week early. in this moment and he will essentially be able to kind of like do do his thing. So mm. when we see Buzz come back and there's the robots, it's because that future Buzz has come back in time. But he can't go all the way back. Okay. So he needs to get this Buzz Lightyear showing wow. up again with the crystal to that get far enough makes back. Sense. The that actually makes sense. Because that does make sense. Because it is something where it was why is the their two path they why did the past diverge? And it was because Buzz came a week before. Mm-hmm. To alter the present day. So when then during the time that the buzz was the second buzz was in hyperspeed. And then when he came back, right. now all of a sudden the, the the systems have altered. He's altered the timeline. Everyone's trapped in this bubble. Then they can't go and get him like they did the first time. Right. And the only people them. are there are the, the rookie recruits. Totally. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That was something at first I'm like, I don't understand, but now that totally makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Um two buzzes. Two buzzes, but they're the same buzz, just one's come back in time to meet himself yeah, again. The the two buzzes happening and being like, what is going on here? But, you know, for me, it was still kind of throughout this entire journey and and, and having that buzz and, and meeting that buzz. It's just, it felt like, because when we started this podcast and talking about tropes, one of the tropes that it feels like this film did is take a good guy and then turn them into a villain. You know, oh, a seemingly good person that then turns into a villain. And that feels like with the old buzz, like that's exactly what they did. It's just like, he's introduced, oh, I'm a, I'm you and we're going to work together. And it's like, but I'm a villain too. And it just kind of feels like they betray he's all He's only of- a villain because of his wants, but I think sure. you could side with him. I, which I think makes a good villain is like, well, you know, you, you disagree with what he wants, but um, yes. is it evil? <laughs> yes. In the end, he still wants what 
our hero Lightyear wants, which is to never have marooned those people right. and to make up for that mistake he made. He can't the, get over his mistake. Right. The only difference yeah. between them is that this Buzz right. doesn't mm-hmm. meet the kids and and become part yes. of that team right. and, yes. and get shown perspective because he gets chased off first. So this Buzz has learned right. and that Buzz yes. never got the chance and that, to learn. that to me, again, like thematically, it felt very like, oh, God – this feels like it has potential. Like it, it, it really does feel like, oh, I understand what you're trying to do here. And like really do this idea of like, you have to let go of your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Right. Because if you keep on harping on your mistakes, you'll turn into old buzz. And then all of a sudden you'll turn evil. And that totally mm-hmm. makes sense in theory. <laughs> I just thought in execution, it was just like something that just felt so rushed. Everything felt so rushed. Fair. And like the last thing that I was thinking about for all of this entire journey of it all was that this character, which I thought was very clever, like, how are they going to make a Buzz movie? Like, what is Buzz's character and what's exactly his flaw that he needs to get over? And in the in the films of Toy Story, his flaw is that he's a perfectionist. He doesn't trust anybody. Like, in the first one, he doesn't even think he's a toy. And he has all these gadgets. He thinks he can fly. He thinks he's the superior toy out of all the other toys. He, he doesn't listen to anyone. He's very stubborn. His way is the right way. And, he's, and he is obsessed with his mission. So much so that, like... All he cares about when they get to Pizza Port and Woody sees Andy. This is Toy Story 1. And uh, Woody's like, oh, look, look, there's Andy. Let's go get Andy. And and Buzz is like, I don't care about people. I just care about the mission. Mm-hmm. My mission is to go back and get Zerg. And so that was really clever to be like, oh, in this film, that's where his stubbornness, yeah. that's where his drive comes from. But then it makes me question throughout the trilogy and or I guess you can count the fourth movie. <laughs> they've already gone over that arc for Buzz. Right. Like, he has gone over, he has then relinquished his perfectionist. He has become someone who cares for these people. And then it makes me question the entire film of why it was made in the first place. Being like, well, this character has already gone through this emotional arc, and you've already solved it. And this film is now doing the exact same arc that is presented in Toy Story. Why do we have this film in the first place? And then, and I walked away from this film being like, what the fuck? Like, it just feels like a rehash of things that we've already seen before. And it's not offering anything new. All right, that's my long run. That's okay. In in response to that, I'll ask you, what's your gut? Ooh, One gut, to five. Gut, gut, gut. I guess I have to start that because I kind of like. Well, I mean, because I mean, you may have disliked yeah. this, but still, still had a good time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I gotta. I have to stick with the 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 review I got on Letterboxd, which is a two point five. Okay. I was so. Imp- I think it's the most visually impressive film of Pixar's. There's such a strong vision for it. Yeah. It was very clear they're trying to do something different and break. like, And it's hard because they took a concept that's so easily um, uh, easy to um, uh, critique Mm. and to not like because you're taking a very popular franchise and a popular character and then turning it into something else potentially. But I really loved the, the direction that they went into. It's the execution and specifically the script uh-huh. that just made me shake my head and go, why? There was so much potential. And so I just left being like, I got to commend them because it's clearly there. Like the heart and the love and the passion is clearly there. Yeah. It's just the execution just fell so flat. All right. Cool. Okay. Heard. Tony? Um yeah, I so I guess I should say that you know I I probably wouldn't have ever seen this movie to be honest, or maybe no. I would have waited for Disney Plus or something because yeah. like the, when the trailer came out, I was kind of like, eh. 
Yeah. And I think it's kind of easy to be cynical about these kind of like, uh, Disney corporate franchise, why do we need a light year movie kind of thing? Yeah. And to be fair, I think this is one of the first Pixar movies that feels more like a Disney movie than like a Pixar movie, but... Uh, yeah, so I went in with like zero expectations and, um, you know, like I said, I took an edible before the movie and, uh, and I was like, I was really surprised by like how much I was enjoying this movie That's and, great. uh, I, and I came out going like, wow, that was fun. And then I was really surprised because the, the two people I saw with James and, uh, our friend were both kind of like, Ugh. and then I was like, are you, so- wait, did I miss something? Was this a bad movie? But, um, I think it's just because I have always loved science fiction. I've always loved, loved time travel. And I think it was just kind of hitting all these like things, uh, and, yeah. like genre tropes that I, I dig so much. And so, yeah, I, I would say it was better than it with, that I was expecting for sure. So, you know, kudos to Lightyear. <laughs> so one to four, five? Yeah, what was your rating? Oh, well, I guess on a gut level, I'm only going to give it a four. I'm not going to say it was like a five, but like, um, yeah. Four is fair. Okay, I uh, I went with a three point five. I'm going to inevitably be watching it again when it comes to Disney Plus with the kid, Uh, and I think I could do it again. I think I'll be interested to see if the things that annoyed me still annoy me, or you know if I'm able to just kind of have fun and look at some. I'm sure there's like little jokes that are going on that I missed or characters in the background, and so I I look forward to watching it. I don't think it was perfect, and I had my issues, but I'll be I am excited to watch it again. So three point five. All right, three point five. Nice. I would go. 3.5 3.5 for good as well. It gave me the feels. I walked out happy. I was excited about the movie. I, you know, like I didn't feel gypped at all. So on that, I think it's got tremendous rewatch value. When I think about my nieces and nephew and whether I would go watch it with them, I think, again, I, that would be awesome. I, I would totally be psyched to watch this with them. It's just a good piece of family fun, and I don't need it to be much more than that to have a pretty good gut about it. So that's where I sit with the gut. There you go. All right. I like it. Oh, so just so everybody knows, just our, our totals. Mine was a 15.5. Will was a 16.25. James a 13.5. And Tony an 18. So that, I think, you know. So I, I mean, it's a yeah. solid film. Is this an essential 26? Would you say if there were only 26 movies made this that came out this year, so only movies coming out in 2022, does this make your essential 26 list? At this, so far, mm. the, of the movies we've seen this year, I'm going to say yes, personally. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I would say there's probably 26 better movies than this, this one. You I gave mean, it the highest rating out of all of us. Yeah, but I think that is like it's like in response to my expectations for it. Mm, okay, but okay. Um, like you know, shoot, if there was like a legit you know yeah. sci-fi movie, I would prefer that. Or whatever, fair enough. You know? Fair enough. I would say for me. Not the essential 26. I mean, maybe right now there's a, an essential 26 that I would I would be like, it's on now, but I could see it getting booted off really quickly. So essential 26, but might might lose, might lose out later. Can I ask how this rates in recent Pixar movies for everybody? Recent Pixar movies? Yeah, like um, did you guys watch you know, Luca or uh, Turning Red or Soul? Because this was the first Pixar movie that was been in theaters uh, since onward yeah and um you know it's probably my favorite i liked it better luca i wanted to to be more and onward i enjoyed i did like soul a lot yeah uh, so i would i'd put it up there though it's up top for me of the recent ones certainly yeah yeah i would agree i, th- I think like I, I preferred this over turning red and uh luca oh, but, turning red um, yeah it's like it's better than turning red yeah i didn't really see any of the 
I haven't seen Luca. I haven't. I saw parts of Soul. I liked it more than Onward. Onward was fun, but not really as good as this. Uh, and certainly didn't look as good as this piece did to me. So I would say, yeah, it rates higher than those. Uh, I really liked Encanto. I don't. I don't think that's Pixar, but of the of the recent movies I've seen, and I didn't see Red either. Uh, Crystal loves Red, so. Little shout out there. There you go. I would say for me, it was uh, definitely wouldn't be in 26 in terms of this year. Okay. And I would say there hasn't been probably 26 Pixar films yet, but I wouldn't even put it put in the top in 26. Okay. I mean, I think this is maybe in the bottom of the barrel oh, wow. for Pixar films. All it's right. definitely better than The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> I actually like The Good Dinosaur. The director a lot. of The Good know- Dinosaur did the voice yeah. of Cat. That's awesome. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, I I don't know. I I did like the good dinosaur. I know that it and went I'm through. You right now. It, I know that there was a production troubles with that, but yeah. I would probably watch Good Dinosaur over Buzz Lightyear. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and close us out. I'm gonna do an update on Action April. So I'll tell everybody the winners, and then I'm just gonna put the new matches up, you know, tomorrow, so people will already be voting on them. But here we go: The Bride versus Indiana Jones. The Bride wins fourteen to twelve. Ooh, there we go. Uh, Batman versus John McClane. Batman. Batman wins Got twenty to. to seven. Then we have Ip Man versus James Bond. Ip Man wins fourteen to eleven. Fair. And finally, Rambo versus Mad Max. Fifteen thirteen Mad Max. What? So there you go. No way Rambo goes down to Mad Max. I'm mm. sorry. It's pretty tough. So one. yeah, so check our story. Make sure to vote on that. All I can add is my own disappointment. My own disappointment on the voters voting Rambo out. I really thought he'd make it. That's my addition. There you go. Well, I'll close this out. Do you guys have anything you want to say before you go? Do you want to boost your Instagrams, your Twitters, whatever, anything going on? Let us know, please. Um, Tell us. I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> so transactional. I was, I was going to say, I, get, I forgot to uh, shout out the uh, the gay character in Lightyear, and uh, that was mm. always very cool to see, yeah. and uh, and uh, happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> happy happy Pride. Pride Month. And yeah, yeah also there you go. Like, that's what I wanted from Luca, and Lightyear gave it to me. So. Oh, yeah. that's true. With Luca, was like, can we please just admit what this is? Yeah, I know, I know, like a um, uh, Call Me By Your Name uh, animated <laughs> exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except with no peaches. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> they didn't do any peaches. <laughs> So inappropriate. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything to okay. shout out either. All yeah, good. I don't know. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah. on the show. This was awesome. We yeah. appreciated it. Thanks for the invite. Of course, of s- course. If you see something yeah. up, let us know. Yeah, yeah, we were listening to you guys last night. I gotta say, like, man, you guys are just like really creating something really fun with this podcast, and. um I don't know. I just feel very happy that you guys asked us to be a part of it. Of course. Well, thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah, for ditto. That. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is Malignant considered a, a, an action film? Because I would love to talk about Malignant. that. I don't think so. We've done horror. So. No, that's a horror movie. But <laughs> we've it has done action it. You know, we've done horror. So maybe. Maybe on an off week, you know, when we don't have anything new coming out. Before we go, Will, did you want to tell them what's next week and the big announcement? Next week, we got Man from Toronto. Which is a Netflix movie. So that's going to be Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson. So, hmm. Okay. I, I, I have seen the show. Yeah. It's going to be a winner, I'm sure. I think it's next week. If it's not, then it's going to be a whole other movie. But I'm pretty sure it's coming out on Friday or today if you're listening to this. So that's what it is. And then, and then our big announcement. So this is coming out on the 24th. You're listening to this. Usually we would have another show on the 27th, but we are not going to be releasing shows on Fridays anymore. We are switching our release date to Tuesdays. 
So after this episode, the next new episode will be on the 5th, right after July 4th. So celebrate America and then listen to a podcast about yes. the man from Toronto. So <laughs> Be excited. <laughs> Love it. So anyway, so Love yes, it. I mean, so that just gives you more time to watch the stuff and... I don't know. It's going to come out on a Tuesday. Love it. I Doesn't love really it. really change anything. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's, that's great. It. Yeah. Anything. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so supportive. I love that. All right. We ready to wrap this thing up? We got Man from Toronto. We're getting mm. out of here, right? Thank you, gentlemen, for coming. We've appreciated your time. Really appreciate Thank you. it. Thanks. And, um, Will, I'm pretty sure in, in your oven, not in mine, uh, there's a bomb in it. Well, then I'll feel free to exit on the pool side. <laughs> Some of that out, leave some of it in. You know, whatever. Ian did great. Oh boy. Mm.